There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Andy Brant Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. This is Jason Gonzalez's theme song. (laughs) Another one bites the dust. Jason, you had a great idea. Apparently, uh, Andy shut it down because he said, if you don't have a food vendor's license, you're selling people 1,200 donuts, you might run in a little trouble with <laughs> <Yeah>. the state. <laughs> Which I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I should have thought of that, actually. You have, to have a license for, you have to have a license to operate a gumball machine. Yeah, that's like when <laughs> kids get yelled at for the lemonade stand. Oh, yeah, that's all the time. stupid. Yeah. Technically, it's illegal, but also it's a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess the worry is their parent might be, you know contaminating the food or something well i don't know to be honest with you i have purchased many a child uh, lemonade stand drink mm-hmm. never even had a sip of one i go okay great yeah. thanks a lot go around the street yeah <laughs> just <laughs> yep. throw it on the ground i'm not drinking Wait, you that. don't like that country time lemonade that's usually is that what, what it is, is it's, it's country usually, time yeah. it's well i don't like country, country time. time lemonade that's been like fresh squeezed by a kid who hasn't washed his hands all day. <laughs> Catherine, your mother and I were at it, staying at a hotel one time. We got up in the morning and went down uh, to have a little bite to eat uh, here and there. You know what I'm saying. And the woman serving us said, would you like some uh, orange juice? It's freshly squoze. Squoze? <laughs> squoze? That doesn't sound appetizing at all. Where the hell do you get the word squoze from anyway? <laughs> Words see. are hard. O's? No. Yeah, no there's, what, what part of the country was this? This was in uh, Minnesota. Okay. Or freeze froze. 
Well, yeah, freeze, froze, squeeze, squeeze. Then it would be frozen, so it'd be squozen. Squozen. Freshly squozen. Never squozen, always fresh. <laughs> Never squozen, always fresh. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend. He did it every weekend. Jeez. To buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts, and then, and then he, he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area. has been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. I don't know if I'd call them a confectionery giant because they'd failed miserably in many states like Minnesota, yeah. Wisconsin, and Colorado. How many locations do they have? Let's see here. Yeah, track it They're down. Huge in Louisiana. They have a thousand yeah. locations, so well, it's still pretty, pretty gigantic. Make five hundred million dollars a year, pretty good. Why didn't something that only has one hundred and ninety calories per serving? Why didn't it succeed in Minnesota? I have no idea. Yeah, like who doesn't like fresh donuts? There was nothing, no joy better <laughs> exactly. than seeing like the sign lit up. It's true. Yep. Watch them come off that little conveyor belt, and then they did come my, off the little my conveyor. My favorite belt. donut is the crawler. Do you know what a crawler is? I'm not a bear so. paw, same thing. No, no, same no. Thing. It's the ones that look like a tire. They have like the ridges. Oh, yeah. Oh, they like, do? Yeah, and they're kind of like the, it's more of like an egg donut. It's like a popover on oh, the inside. Oh, yeah. It's more oh, light. No, I've never had it. I didn't know that was called a crawler. Yeah, well, they're called different. In the South, they're called crawlers. That's what my grandfather mm. called them. He'd always take me to the donut shop in Greenville, North Carolina, and we'd have donuts and I'd get a cup of orange juice. He'd get his coffee. But yeah, th- I like those because they're not super dense and sweet no, they're not. and sugary yeah, right, like right. some other donuts are. I can't, I feel sick after I eat a donut. Can yeah, I give you, give you a little, nor- little uh, Northside poor person prescription? Huh? Whenever I... Eh, it was only a few times. That, well, maybe. No, it was more than that probably. But it, whenever I was feeling sick mm-hmm. and I felt like I was going to throw up but I just couldn't throw up. Right. Toots's ghetto medicine... Take a donut and dip it in cold coffee. If I took one bite, I'd start vomiting. <laughs> Every time. Why? Who I don't think? know. Some I have no idea weird. why that worked. I used to have a coworker. She hated coffee, but the only way she would eat Oreo cookies is if she could dip the Oreo cookie what in coffee. What animal dips an Oreo cookie I in coffee? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. She well, hated coffee, good, but she that's the only way she would eat Oreo cookies. It oh. was weird. Nope. I don't know what it is with dipping stuff in coffee. Wait. That's nasty. Even the thins? Probably. Those Oreo thins are phenomenal. Oh, I know. My you got to go double them. stuffed in, in a nice glass of milk. And the trick is, I'm going to change your life. You take a fork. <laughs> I'm going to change, <laughs> yes, your, I'm gonna change your life. And you stick it into like the cream so the cookie's stuck on the fork. Yeah. And then you put the fork and you dip that in the milk. And then you hold it in there for like 36 seconds. And then it's like the perfect combination of soft and crunchy. Not 35, it's, but 36. No, it's 36. I've counted. I've, I've <laughs> you experienced this. You're unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. 36 seconds. I'll remember that next mm-hmm. time I do double stuffed. And Tom's going to be counting with yeah. his cookies. And you have to milk. get the cinnamon buns flavored Oreos. Oh, is that? I've oh, never had Amazing. One. Really? Just like Cinnabon. Really? Yeah. I'm oh, here for the people Cinnabon. this morning. I'm here. I'm here for the people. Yes, I can. That's what I thought. You want to? You want to make people envious of you? When you go, every airport has a Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you get in the airport, buy a Cinnabon and then bring it on the plane. As soon as the plane takes off, open it up. You'll hear the whole plane go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're sitting there eating your Cinnabon while everyone's getting their little package Brother of <laughs> pretzels and animal crackers. There you have it. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend to buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts, and he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area, been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. They have been uh, no Krispy Kreme stores in Minnesota for 11 years now. Good God, I know that. right. Man. Used to have the big one up there in Maple Grove. Jason Gonzalez, 21, of Champlin, Minnesota, would drive 270 miles to a Krispy Kreme store in Clive, Iowa, pack his car up 100 boxes of donuts, 1,200 donuts. How could he possibly be making money after the gas? I mean, he said he was charging 17 to $20 a box. How much That's are correct. they like? I have no idea. Fresh off like- the farm. $12 a box, probably something like probably, that? Probably. So $500 worth of illicit goods? Yeah, I guess. That's a lot of money. A donut smuggler. Although, yeah, he although, was a donut smuggler. Although some customers spend 100 bucks a box. So right. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point it's like, are you going to drive to Iowa yourself and get them? Yeah, right, that's yeah. true. And that was if just like a Grubhub. You really, really demand. need it. Give him 100 bucks though, man. 
Can you imagine that if he got a hundred bucks per, he'd make ten G's a trip. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> Get everybody to kick in big time, man. Yeah, I suppose I, it's you know. So he spends twelve hundred dollars, right? Yeah. And like I, wonder, I wonder how grand. that started. Like, he definitely probably was like a drunk, like, oh, I didn't know there was one down. I'm going to go get what? my own. Came back, now friends see it. and I think you're 100% right about that. It was a drunken trip at one yeah, point. He's like, you know what? Uh, I think Krispy Kreme sounds good. I think tomorrow I'm going to go get some. And then somebody, yeah, your friends see it, and now you have people just one after the another line up for donuts. Although Jason's only 21, so it probably wasn't a drunken thing on his part. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm not saying he drove I down never, there. He, I'm no, not he didn't he drive down drunk, there drunk. No. no, it was an idea that no, boomed. It's true. Uh, less than a week after the St. Paul Pioneer Press reported on his money-making scheme, Gonzalez received a phone call from Krispy Kreme's Nebraska office telling him to stop the senior studying accounting at Metropolitan State University in St. Paul said he was told uh, his sales created a liability for the North Carolina-based company. In a statement Sunday night, Krispy Kreme said it's looking into the matter. We appreciate Jason's passion for Krispy Kreme and his entrepreneurial spirit as he pursues his education. The statement read, no word yet on whether that might uh, mean a continuation of his trips. I have a question for you. If you were Krispy Kreme, would you call him or would you just send him a notice that you must stop legally? Why would they call him? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, and if it's and if it's worth his time to drive down there and buy a hundred dollars, come back and sell, just open up a Krispy Kreme store here. Then maybe yeah, that's for real. Be, like that's all the evidence you need. But yeah, yeah. But the people who did own Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Colorado took a bath in those things. And we also don't have Dunkin' either. Do we? <clears throat> we don't have Dunkin' Donuts. We do. I think they just came back. I oh yeah. Think. Yeah, well, Tim Hortons came, and now they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, are they leave? Tim Hortons yeah, leaving? Some of them are... just don't eat donuts like they do down south, yeah. I guess. Or on the coasts. Yeah, a lot of Tim Hortons that just popped up are already closing. Really? Yeah. Oh. I know. It's kind of like yeah. how, what happened with Krispy Kreme. They yeah. came here, they were huge for about a minute, and then they went away. Um Honestly, the only I time I ever really see people with donuts are gas station donuts. Yep. Yeah. From oh, like really? holiday, holiday's got good donuts. Yeah, either like yeah, the holiday or like people love the Glamdoll donuts. Oh yeah. Over in northeast and in uptown. How do you know about Glamdoll? I told you I like donuts. The best Jesus, one of my favorite is Bogarts. Bogarts. Yeah, Bogarts Where's donuts. Where's that? Uh, it's over kind of off of like Lake Street, kind of like Lake Calhoun-ish area. Oh really? Yeah. Proudly owned by oh, the Humphrey really. Gobart Bogart. Ancestors, Bogarts, Bone. What is it? Bogarts donuts. Donuts. Bogarts donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, don't Bogart that joint, my friend. Is <laughs> yeah, that where it's from? You think that probably where it's from? Don't you think? I don't know, but I think that's their new slogan now. Don't Bogart that donut. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They have free delivery on DoorDash. Who does Bogarts? Yep. Oh, see. Uh oh. Um, yeah. Question from one of our listeners, Joe in Louisville. How did Krispy Kreme get Jason's phone number in the first place? Yep. Somebody snitched. I know. There, there's something going on here that we don't know about. It. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Wait a minute here. So in any case, yeah. Good. Good luck to the gate. Clear thinking. He knew he he knew he had a market and he took care of it. But now somebody had to mess it up because really nobody had to report him. I mean, why did no. you have to turn him in? This was a victimless crime. Yeah. It was, exactly. It even a, well, I suppose it was a crime. Unless there was food. another bakery nearby yeah. that, that was be. like, hey. Oh, the bakery. You're stepping yeah. on my toes, man. Randall's like, we haven't sold as many donuts. Let's look into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ruining my dozens. <laughs> I got ratted out by Butterball. Or what is it? Butterboy. That's what it was, Butterboy. Butterboy? There was, there was a, a bakery in North Minneapolis right on, I believe it was... Gerard and Broadway, I think, somewhere. It went really close. If it wasn't on Gerard and Broadway, it was very, very close, but it was Butter Boy Bakery. Hmm. And then the, somebody crossed the word boy out, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. Butter Baker? Well, they crossed boy out because it was in North Minneapolis. Oh, I so suppose. Get out there and cross out the word boy. Don't call me boy. That was very funny. I had forgotten all about that till just now, which is why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> That's very funny. I forgot all about that. <laughs> the guy looked up and was like, what the heck? <laughs> What's wrong with hey, boy? A couple, couple of two-by-fours covering up the boy. What's that all <laughs> No. Ah, uh, whatever. Well, I have a movie recommendation since we don't have All right. One. Have you seen Stuber? No, but I heard it's good. It is so funny. We watched it the other night, and we laughed so much. What who how, what nationality is Batista? Do you know? Batista no is Spanish. 
No, like we looked it up. I thought he was like half Native American, half like Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's an odd-looking man, and we laughed so hard because my my stepson. He's like, oh yeah, he, he meant to say Filipino, but it didn't come out. Can you guess what it <laughs> came out of his mouth? Philip Wise. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to attempt to butcher this. No, we don't want to mess with that, man. He's standing in the kitchen. He's like, no, he's fallopian. Fallopian? He's a tube. No, I guess he's part Filipino. Um, but yeah, Who's it, Batista? The artist? Was, no, he was a, a wrestler. Now he... Oh, I don't know anything about him. Uh, what's his first name? Dave Batista? Oh, no, Dave was, Batista. Yeah, what's sure. his name in Avengers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Drax in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which he actually looks oh, normal, more normal green as, guy. as green yep. a green guy than he does an actual human being. Really? <laughs> he's an odd-looking his man. His proportions are off. Yeah, very. He's like, he's... Wasn't he like a? He's a huge dude, isn't he? Yes, he, yeah. he he doesn't look human at all. He's six uh, six and two ninety. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he's a big fella, but with a very small head. I'm not pissed you off, am I? <laughs> he's got like he's got like the no neck. And, oh man! Yeah, but yeah, it was a really funny movie, Tom. And I was watching. I'm like, I bet Tom would like this movie. Isn't it's, like Stu and Bernie? That's what Stuber is. It, no, it's Stu. His name is Stu, and he's an Uber driver. Oh, that's right, oh, okay. Stuber. That's and right. He, and the reason why Batista's character ha- has to get a, oh, an Uber yeah. is because he had LASIK eye surgery, and he's trying to crack this case because his partner was killed. So he ends up hiring an Uber driver to take him to these places to <laughs> try and crack this case because he's right. a cop. And, of course, the Uber driver gets wrapped into helping them trying to catch these criminals. But, yeah, it was a right. fun, it was a, one of those kind of dumb, fun... Hour and a half? Yeah, it wasn't that long. I like Three it. minutes, there you go. Yeah. I like it. Works for me. I could go see that. We saw uh, Michael Bryant, and I went and saw Motherless Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Good movie, but it was two and a half hours long. It, been, it should have been two hours long. It's too yeah, long. Some of those movies, they just you're sitting there, and you're just like, when is this going to end? The worst one, I think, was was A Star Was Born. I thought that movie lasted five days. It was, <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like... I heard you... nothing but bad things about that. Really? The there remake, was, yeah. Yeah, there were some good parts in it, but man, it just... I've never... I felt like I was watching, like, Roots or something, like a mini series that lasted right? three days. It was... By the time it's over, you walk out and you're just disoriented. And <laughs> you have no idea where you what are. What season what is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, jeez Louise. It's too long. Well, it was 135 minutes, so... What was? The Star is Born. That's all it was? No, Two hours? And... No, it was like 600. <laughs> I swear. 600 hours. <laughs> At least 10 hours long. Um, oh, but I mean like a boring 200 or 135 minutes? Yeah, know. that's yeah, that's a bad tour. It is depressing. So Do yourself a favor and go see Motherless Brooklyn just to see Gugu Mbatha Raw. What? Who? The young woman who stars in a black woman. Her name is Gugu Mbatha Raw. You want to see her. That's a very attractive young lady. I'm going to have to Google her. Google, how do we spell it? G-U-G-U. All i got to do is type in Google because she comes right up. And Sansfrey told me the picture they have posted is not a very good picture of her, Mm. which is unfortunate. Hmm. Oh, here. Okay. Did you find her? Oh, she's very beautiful. very pretty, man. Worth going to see the movie just for Gugu. So, I am Gaga for Gugu. You're the second person today that said that. So I was talking about it this morning on the show, and somebody texted me, Gugu Gaga. She looks like a cross between. She kind of looks like Carrie Washington a little bit, like a cross between yeah, Carrie Washington mm-hmm. and what's the girl's name from um, the uh, my Cosby next show. wife? That's she looks like. Oh, a cross well, <laughs> well, <laughs> like your next wife. My first wife well, is my first wife. Yeah, Lord, she looks like man. a cross between Carrie Washington and um, what's the gal from uh, the Cosby Show? Um, oh, the young one. The oh, gosh, I don't remember. The only one the I dreads. know is Tempest Bloodsoe. Because she was mar- it's the older her one. name is Tempest. No, it was she, wasn't she married funny. to like Lenny Kravitz? Yes, but I can't remember her name. I can see her face, oh but gosh. I can't remember her name. Really pretty though. Yeah, that's really what she kind of looks like—a cross between those two. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customers? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. 
so we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. We all came down from Montreux. That was a great song. It's a true story, too, by the way. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family. I found myself in the past three days agreeing with Donald Trump on something, President Obama on something, Michelle Obama on something, and Bill Maher on something. What the hell has happened to me? I don't know. That's I a lot of people. Four, <laughs> four <laughs> people I agreed that, with. Yeah, you usually don't agree with. Four different, four completely different subjects too. But they made sense, and I, if you make sense, I would agree with that. Right. I think it means you keep an open mind. Is what that means. So all I ever do is give, give, give. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You gave me a cookie today. <laughs> That's true. I did give you a cookie. We're off to a good start. When she was speaking at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago last week, Michelle Obama lamented that the issue of white flight she grew up with still exists today. She said she can't make people not afraid of black people. It's not the black people they're afraid of. That's what people have to learn. It's the gun violence in the inner cities all across America. That's why what you call white flight with continu uh, continues still exists today because we have gotten out of the way of violence in our inner cities. That's why no one wants to live there. It's, it's not escaping from black people. It's ex escaping the violence is the problem in the city. And that's not right. just black people. It's all the people. Uh, you know, not all the people, literally. Like, Timmy, get out there and shoot someone. <laughs> you know, I don't mean it that way. But every day now, somebody gets shot in, in St. Paul, Minneapolis, yep. Bloomington, wherever you are. Somebody gets shot in the Twin Cities every day now. And it didn't used to be like that. I white-flighted <clears throat> because of the murder creeping toward my place. Well, there is that. Because I lived in uh, Minneapolis for, uh, like, what? Four or five years. Yes, you did. Yeah, and then it, the shootings just got worse and, and worse. worse and I and was worse, like, yeah. can't live here. I'm going to do that at one o'clock. I'm going to white flight at one o'clock. Get away from Tevin. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> You're doing black flight. <laughs> black flight out of here. <laughs> exactly. Get away from Tom if I possibly can. Uh, here's the deal. She grew up with, and it still exists. Uh, I can't make people not afraid of black people, adding, I can't explain what's happening in your head, but maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, maybe just maybe, that will pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. I have no problem with that comment whatsoever. I think it's a, a very smart comment, and it's a good way to put it. If I do my best to be a good human, maybe it'll have an effect on you. Right? That's good, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not good enough for the New York Times, of course. Now she's a moron. Okay? Yeah. In the New York Times, black columnist Charles Blow writes, and why do they have to t say, tell everybody he's a black columnist? I think it matters. Because if you? it's a white guy that's like trying to like tell her how to be black or yeah. like yeah, how to approach racism, yeah. that makes a little bit That's probably true. Charles Blow writes that he is saddened the former first lady, a woman he greatly admires, voiced that sentiment. 
Why should this brilliant black woman spend even a second of her time considering the mindset of a racist? Because she's a good person. That's why. She'd like to make the world better for everybody. That's why. Not like you, Charles. Uh, she shouldn't. No black person should. No person who suffers the sting of racism should. Well, that's everybody, though, Charles. People of all colors, depending where they are on earth, suffer from racism. Uh, you know You know what I love? A lot of upper-income white people think that black people can't be racist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say. I hate that so much. I got into a fight with uh, a coworker of mine like, years and years and years ago because she was like, oh, Tevin, like, you can't be racist because like, you're black. And I'm like, no, no like, that's racist <laughs> for you telling me that I can't be racist. Exactly. What, you think I'm not good enough right. to be racist? You're not good enough to be <laughs> racist. I'll show you. <laughs> show you who's a racist and who isn't. Yeah, they got to let that go. I've been hearing that for years now. Black people can't be racist. Yeah, they sure can. Just like every other human being. See? Mm-hmm. Do they not realize they're in a way marginalizing your humanity by saying something like that? You're not yeah. like normal humans, Tevin. You're you so can't powerless be racist. that you can't even hate right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, yeah. I find that to be hilarious. <laughs> I'm just picturing Tevin hating anyone. You don't hate anybody, do you? Ooh, he not does without, have a not without like good reason, I <laughs> oh, guess. Yeah. Like yeah. not just because like oh you're white, like I hate all white people or hate all the. But yeah, like it's ridiculous. If you do something, if you cut me off in traffic, then yeah, whatever race you are behind the wheel, you're one of those mfers. You hear my prickish story? What I did to a guy on a hundred uh, yesterday? <laughs> no, no Saturday. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm on Highway 100. And there's a kind of a dump truck next to me, but it's keeping pace with me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the speed limit in the left lane. Matter of fact, a couple of miles an hour, just two miles an hour over the speed limit. And this truck's staying right with me. This guy comes up on my ass to the point I can't even see his headlights. I mean, he is on my bumper, right? So did I get upset? Did I slam on my brakes? Did I give him the finger? No. I took my foot off the accelerator and the car just kept slowing and slowing and slowing, and so there's nothing he could do about it. And finally he realized, I'm not going to move, I'm not going to slam on my brakes, and I'm not right. going to speed up. You want to go around? Go around. Yeah. That's the way to handle it, like a child. <laughs> like a little child. Absolutely. <laughs> be perfect. He, and he didn't get mad. He didn't honk or give me the finger on the way by. He just realized, yeah, that was kind of... Kind of dink thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we each did a dink thing, and we're good to go. Right. Yeah, yeah. cancel each other out, we, we, and we move on. There's no <laughs> Exactly. No violence no. or anything like that. Okay, so my wish for Michelle Obama is simple, that she never again allow herself to entertain the thought of how she's being perceived by racists and whether or not that is changing any of our their minds. Or as he puts it in his concluding line, why should cavemen be allowed to occupy space in the mind of a superwoman? That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard, It's starting Charles. to sound a lot like Mein Kampf. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Why should subhumans be allowed to exist when us <laughs> superior beings exactly. do? Exactly. I mean, mm. how do you not realize how Nazi-like that really is? Well, because they're the good guys. They can't they're the be good wrong. Nazis. They're good I, I just, seriously, she's trying to help. What we need, Steve Charles, is more people coming together, yeah. not keeping them apart. She's trying her best, as is Barack Obama, with his speech about the cancel culture, which I thought was a great speech. I couldn't agree with him more. And now you heard what they're doing to Obama, right? Because he made a speech saying, hey, all this stuff about the cancel culture, you know, trying to destroy someone just because they don't agree with your political views or whatever. Uh you know what they call him now because he did that? Because he was their big hero, remember, for eight years. I mean, yeah. Barack Obama couldn't do anything wrong, and neither could Michelle Obama. And, oh, my God, everything's wonderful. Oh, my God. But they don't fit in their ideas any longer. So now all of the basically really hateful people on the far left, and I'm sure on the far right, too, refer to him as Grandpa. If you don't agree with me, the reason must be because your views are outdated. Because you're old. Not because I'm not perfect. A question I have for, okay, you're, how old are you now, Tevin? 27. So 27, Andy, you're still a millennial at 33, right? I'm on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we have two millennials in the room here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, you never have enough sure. millennials, I guess. Let me think about it. No, I just lost my train of thought because you said that. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. No, I, I just, do you see any sense in any of this stuff that's going on out there right now? I mean, seriously. These people that are just, okay, 
I'll break it down, and you guys can hate me forever if you want, but, uh, well, you're 27, and Andy, you're 33, so it wouldn't really apply to you because 26 is pretty much the age. Why would I want to listen to someone who's 21 years old talk about policy when your brain's not even fully formed yet? Yeah. Yeah. That makes no sense. You, you can't even think to your full capacity yet, and you're going to tell me how I should live my life? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, not to mention you have people, they're voting at 18, 19, but they don't yes. have any real stake in anything. No, they you don't. Know, the only thing that matters to them is getting more stuff because they don't have enough stuff. They don't have, like, a family to worry about, you know, policy that right. might affect a family, other people. They only care about policy that affects them right now. No, I think that's exactly right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, that's a valid point, though, don't you think? That Wait a minute, you're 19 years old, your brain is seven years yep. away from being fully formed. Why do you even get an opinion about this? You yeah. don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I know yeah. that all my opinions when I was a teenager were bad. So. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Mine too, Andy. Absolutely. I remember, like, we had, like, a politics class in high school and, like, our senior year, so we're like, oh, we're, like, voting's coming up, we're going to watch all the news all the all time right, and all yeah. this, and it was like... Like, none of this stuff has anything to do with me. Like, I want to go home and play video games, hang out with my friends and play sports. Like, nothing that is on... Things a teenager should do. Like, normal teenage stuff. Like, the laws aren't... Like, me voting for whoever, they don't care about the, what, 18-year-old kid in Osceola, Wisconsin... No. ...wants. And, like, what I want has nothing to do with what anything... Like, anybody else in America that's a grown adult wanted. You are absolutely right. Uh, but again, I, I would like to make the point that that white flight thing was not based, I, for some people it probably was based on skin color. But most people, the white flight came, what they call white flight, um, came about because of crime right. and poverty. Because all of these big cities that keep electing these people that say they're going to change everything and then they just take all the money out and put it somewhere else and people are destitute because the city didn't do what they promised them they'd do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've been to the projects or, like, the inner city and, right. like, inner city housing, like, the people that live there don't want to live there. It's just a situation. No, exactly. Like, everybody's fighting to get out. It has nothing to do with skin color. It's just, yeah, you know, we want to be around crime and That's exactly and what like it that. is. Yeah, everyone wants to leave, but only some people can afford to leave. Right. That was the issue. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, although... Those places down where the Bryant projects used to be down there on Bryant and 55, well, they're mm. nice, man. Are they? Yeah, have you ever seen? I don't know about the inside of them. <laughs> I mean, I was in one about 800 years ago, but that was the day I was, I was in, and a friend of mine lived in those projects mm. many, many years ago. <clears throat> so I get my car, it's a, it's a convertible. I put the top down, which for a white guy to do in North Minneapolis apparently is really rare. Because they're all running away. What are you doing? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, man? Put that back up. But I'm listening to Tower of Power song, Rock Baby. Mm-hmm. Great song. And as the song comes to an end, this guy looks at me, big black guy looks at me and goes, what you know about the rock? <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, man, unbelievable. That's all I know. Did you know, by the way, I may have talked about this. I know I've talked about it in the morning show. But our people of color audience is what they like to call it now, people of color. I hate that. I do, too. I yeah. hate, what's the difference especially, between that and colored people? Right. There's and no like, difference. And especially when uh, I saw, like, a tweet or something, and, like, it was a black, a black person, like, referred to themselves as a POC. And I was like, okay, we're done here. A pox on the people. <laughs> as a POC, <laughs> I can say, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> As a POC. <clears throat> Well, we're all POCs because this isn't exactly right, white. It's kind of pinky. Right. I was going to say, the last I checked, like, there's still a white crayon in the in the cram box. So. Yeah, pretty much. And there was a flesh crayon, which true. was this color. That was that <laughs> color. That was more don't pinky Don't call it that, that anymore. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why they ever had a white crayon, honestly. Yeah, we can write I, on white paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. On black I think it's, yeah, for, like, colored construction yeah. paper. Uh, Why does it have to be colored construction paper? <laughs> pigmented construction yeah. paper. Pigmented everything got to be paper. racist with you. <laughs> See, this is what could happen, folks. You could have three men, one woman, one of those men is black, and we can laugh and have fun. I know it's really hard to do. Although, yeah. although like when you said, why does it got to be colored paper? Going to Osceola, Wisconsin with all white people, I use that joke. All I bet the time. you do. Oh, like, it, was time. it like deer in headlights or like? Oh, there was there was Miss Oliveri, like brand new teacher, fresh out of college. Like she's there as like a teaching assistant, got a job. Mm-hmm. She's a already scared of she's, everything. Yeah, like she just she's like 
fresh off the boat, yep. if you will. Yeah. And uh, so she's, we're sitting at a JV basketball game, and I'm waiting for that to get done so we can go warm up and play varsity game. And she's sitting behind me with a little kid, and this little girl loses her hair scrunchie. She taps me on the shoulder. She's like, Tevin, uh, have you seen this little girl's hair scrunchie? And just straight face, oh, because I'm black, you think I stole that girl's hair scrunchie? <laughs> and she's just like... She's just immediately uh, like, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't mean, I don't, I'm just kidding. No, I have not seen the hair oh scrunchie. Oh, my God. Yeah, seeing this, the sheer panic in her face. <laughs> like, I apologize, Miss Oliveri. What I really love is they're experts on what black people need. That's what I just love. Never met a black person in my life, but I know exactly what they need. Oh, do you? Okay. They, they want to judge what goes on in the inner city, but they've never been there. No. Like, I mean, in this town, to tell you the truth. Uh, we should all live together. We're all in this together, and we're all going to be just hanging out together, and we should all be together. I'm going to go out to my house 25 miles west of town now, but when I get back, it's like, why don't you live down here then? I mean, if we all should be in this together, then why aren't you living a lot closer to the city? Uh, and again, if you want to boat on Minnetonka, that's your business. That's what I'm saying. But honest to God, I, uh, I don't know. It's a weird deal to me. The whole thing is really weird to me, but... Whatever works, right? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Why do you think it is that I get along with everyone? It's just unbelievable. Do you think it's, it's just a the give, give, give? <clears throat> of my it's person? a hard life you live. <laughs> it, really is. it really is very, very difficult. There's no doubt about it. We will take a break. Be right back. Christy, ready to go? Yes, she is. Christy, I love this name. Christy Bell Camino yes. is going to join us right up to this with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of will and taste. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the family. Our special guest, Letters from a Serial Killer, the true story of a mother and a journalist's fight to save a little girl's life. Christy Bell Camino. How are you doing, Christy? Doing pretty good. How are you? Marvelous, thank you. Uh, pretty fascinating story. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murder. I don't want to say much more about it, Christy. I'd, li- I'd rather hear it from you. What a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was a reporter in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, covering the crime beat, and this book is based on you know the most horrific... Uh, story that I ever covered. Um, it was a little girl who is who disappeared on the way to the school bus stop, mm-hmm. and for a long time, we were people were looking at like her her mother, her biological mother, and her stepfather, and she was still missing. When another man, or excuse me, a man was arrested for taking another little girl in the same neighborhood. Um, the girl was physically similar to the missing child, but this little girl escaped. 
and he was arrested. And so immediately everybody thought, well, this guy maybe, you know, took Viana Fairchild, the missing little girl. And so I was working the beat, and so I put in a request at the jail, and he accepted it. So I walked in and said, well, did you take this other little girl who's missing? And that started this long, drawn-out kind of cat-and-mouse game where he said, yeah, I'm not going to give you all the details. I will tell you eventually. And over the course of this time, I also became really um, close to the woman who had raised uh, Ziana. Her name is Stephanie Kahalakulu, and, and she had raised her in Hawaii and Colorado mm-hmm. until the biological mother wanted her back. This was her aunt. So we became really close, and I, I talked to her one day, and I said, he's telling me that he took Ziana, and he's telling me all these details about it. And she said, yeah, he's been telling me the same thing. So then, um, obviously, our goal was to find out if she was still alive and where she was. And so I'd go visit him in jail pretty much um, every night there were visiting hours, and he would call the newsroom, call collect, and he would write letters um, leading us on, basically, um, saying, I will tell you, here's, here's a little bit of information to keep you coming back. So it was very manipulative on his part, but I also thought it was worth it because every conversation I had, the FBI and the police were listening in. So I thought, if I can get him to say something, you know, that could help them, and we could find this little girl. So... Um, unfortunately, eventually they found her, her skull and that she had already been killed. And, uh, then our goal, or at least my goal became to get him to say something that would get him convicted of that particular crime. Well, that never happened. Um, he did tell me about all kinds of other crimes, all the people he had kidnapped and killed over the years. Um, and I just figured like that there was nothing I, I could do so I moved on to another beat my new, my editor said you're done you know go do something else we'll cover all the <laughs> okay, other crimes in the Bay well, area yeah. and and then uh I had a baby so I moved to Minnesota this was you know this was in San Francisco so I moved to Minnesota and I had two little girls and I realized I live in Northeast and I had them in this little safe neighborhood in their little fence backyard and I realized that I had to listen to them and make sure that they were safe and I call their names if they were playing in the backyard and I realized I had uh, PTSD I was being completely absurd I was being um, a, a terrible mother because I was paranoid I knew what people did to little girls I'd talked to this guy for months on end and so my therapy as a writer is to to journal or to write about it so I had carried this big box full of his his letters and um different notes from my interviews in jail with him. And I thought, well, I'll just write a, a nonfiction book about it. So I sat down and wrote a book that ended up being fiction called Blessed of the Dead. But meanwhile, um, I was still in touch with Stephanie. And Stephanie and I would talk and say, no one really understands but you. Like, we, were, we had this bond, this, you know, crazy bond, because we both had this guy in our head. And so she'd been offered all kinds of book deals, all kinds of uh, TV deals to talk about this, but she didn't trust anyone, but she trusted me. So she said, let's do this together. Let's tell the story, Christy. And I'm just, this is really a book for Stephanie. This is not a book that is for me. This is, it was therapy for me, but it was really therapy for Stephanie. And she said, now that she wrote that book and told that story, now she can get him out of her head and let him go. So, that's it in a nutshell. That's a pretty <laughs> good nutshell, really Christy. Fast. It's a lot of it's a lot of information. It goes back many years, but but that's where that book stems from. God, it's the whole thing amazes me. I, I've never understood. There was a there was a report of a guy. This is a bit off topic, but it ties in. There was a guy yeah. uh, over over uh, the Halloween holiday that was arrested for putting razor blades in candy bars. And he said it was an accident. They accidentally ended up in the candy bars. The razor blades did. Hate when that happens. Yeah, sure, but, that happened. But Christy, how? Why would someone want to hurt a child? I, do you understand why you'd want to abduct a child? Why you'd want to hurt a child? I don't get it. I know, I know, and that was what, in a way, that's what kept me coming back. Sure, I could not sure. Figure him out. I kept saying, "Well, did something bad happen to you as a kid? Tell me about this." I kept looking. Or what would compel somebody to do this? And the the answer is, I never could find that. I never, there was never any right. reason that I could put my finger on. I could see that. 
Uh, Chrissy, yeah. I have to ask you an off, off the topic, uh, off the subject uh, question, if you don't mind. And oh, this, absolutely. It's by coincidence, actually. But is Bel Camino your birth name? It is. It's my maiden name. Do you know Bel Camino? Bel Camino means beautiful journey. Yeah, beautiful path, beautiful road. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. But now, here's the problem, Christy. The only reason I know <laughs> that is when the car, the El Camino, came out, I know how to speak a little Italian. I'm not fluent in Italian, but I can speak some Italian. In Italian, right. Camino means fireplace, so your name would be Beautiful <laughs> Fireplace. <laughs> and, Itali- and, and Italians have told me that. They say it's Beautiful Fireplace. They said, that doesn't sound very cool. I don't, I'm going to stick with the beautiful walk. Hey, it's well, a, hey, in Minnesota, if you want to add value to your place, you yeah. put in a Bel Camino. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's a hit every Christmas season. They even have volumes of the fireplace that you can yes, wear, they do. have on DVD. Bel Camino? There you, yeah. The, the Yule Log. The Yule Log. You can watch it on it, PBS. <laughs> Here's another fun yeah. fact. Dave is a what? character in one of her novels. Oh. In one of Christie's oh, novels? Yeah. Yep. You gotta have he Dave. actually plays a really important part. Don't tell him that. No, I'll never hear the end of it. Sorry, you got it big enough. Oh, I'll never right? hear the end of it. It's going to be unbelievable. But back to the subject. But, but yeah, Bel Camino, beautiful name. Beautiful journey, beautiful path, beautiful road, I think it also means in Spanish. Not beautiful fireplace, though. Yeah. Well, in Italian it does, Christy. And by the way, Jesus is mad at you for stealing his last name. What? You have to be a certain age to know what an El Camino is. If I, <laughs> my kids don't know what an El Camino is. Okay, well, thanks, son. Okay, Grandpa, the, Tom. It's an awesome car. <laughs> it is an awesome car. It's, it's a car true. truck. <laughs> so now that we've lightened the moment for a second here, we have to get back to this whole situation of what. So, you know, obviously, I don't want to give away the book and how the whole whole story comes along, but. Doesn't that take a lot out of you, Christy, to, to constantly be in contact with lunatics? It, it did, and this was before I had children, and oh, so I yeah. didn't really realize it. I didn't realize it. I was really um, obsessed and very passionate, and I was very obsessed with getting to the bottom of it, hopefully finding the squirrel alive, and it wasn't. It was post-traumatic stress disorder. It wasn't until after I realized, wow, that really messed me up. That really messed me up. Um, and... It, writing about it has helped. I don't think about the guy anymore. It's very good, rare that I, I think about him, yeah. That is wonderful. Uh, because to have to carry that with you. There have been writers in the past that, that could not get rid of a story. and they, they, they got drug problems, drinking problems, depression. It really hammers mm-hmm. some people, depending on how, how deeply they got, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely drank a lot at the time. <laughs> to deal so, with it. So you were Italian for a while. That's good. But anyway, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Because of my Italian roots. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Your your fireplace roots. But in, in any case, uh, so now again, remind me again how you got involved with the story in the first place. Okay, so I was I was a crime beat reporter at a newspaper in the Bay Area. In the Bay so Area. It was my it was on my beat. It was on my beat, and I dealt with right. the San Francisco Bay Area has. Crazy, crazy crime. Like, I had another guy suspected of kidnapping a little girl who showed up in front of my house once after threatening me. So, I mean, there was, there's just so much crazy stuff going on if you're a reporter out there. Here, you know, it's it's a little tamer, although St. Paul's been very interesting lately. But it's it's a definite ball game. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I, you know, to tell you the truth, Christy, and I keep going off topic with you here, but it's kind of important. Sure Catherine and I, <laughs> Catherine and I used to love to go to San Francisco. We went almost every year. Andy and Alex, our children, would go with us. We'd go from there and then go up to Napa and hang out for a while. Just had these wonderful trips. And although I will tell lovely. you, the, the very first time Catherine and I traveled to San Francisco with our son Andy, who was on the show, he's now thirty-three, so he was in a mm-hmm. stroller at the time. Catherine and I are walking down the street in San Francisco, pushing a baby stroller. And these two guys came by in a convertible and hollered out, effing breeders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, so basically you could be prejudiced against me. I, I, that, that whole, we used to love to go there, but Christy, I don't think I can go back anymore. I don't think I can see San Francisco like that. 
Well, it's funny because that happened to my husband and I. I'm going to say it was like 1992. <laughs> really? We moved to Seattle. And we moved to Seattle. And we were walking down the street in Seattle holding hands. And that was the first time I ever heard that. Somebody walked past us and called us breeders. <laughs> and I had never. And I. So, yeah, we have that common. But, so, Christy. There if, you go. We're all breeders. Well, they wouldn't exist without breeders. <laughs> I right? Right. right. If your mom no, and dad were breeders. It was really odd. It was very odd. I thought, okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, someday. Yeah. I'll have yeah. kids. I could probably be a breeder. We'll be a breeder. Anyway, someday. whatever. Okay. It was It was just stupid, but. <laughs> but, you know, I just really wish that they wouldn't do that to San Francisco. It's such a beautiful area. I mean, it is nuts. You're right. There are a lot of goofy bastards living there, no doubt about it. But the area itself is spectacular. Or was. It is, but it's too, it's too expensive. I mean, that's why yeah. our quality of life here for raising children is yeah. wonderful. I could see Wonderful. That. Do you like yeah. it when it started snowing today, though, however? Oh. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. They were giant, giant snowflakes. Yep. Oh, they were giant snowflakes. It's true. I was driving down Highway 100, and it was like that sleet mix, and it was all of a sudden the roads just became like slippery and just ugh, gross. Instantly, right? Yeah. People forget how to drive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do forget how to drive in snow, don't they? What do you mean brakes? I don't know. Brakes, really? (laughs) But you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, I do want to read this this descriptor. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murderer, but it also reveals this, the brave struggles of the women who face him in order to find justice for his victims. It's a powerfully emotional true account that simply must be read. Claire Booth, author of true crime book, The False Prophet. So that is the good news, because it, it, it talks about, you know... Um, the brave struggles of the women who did it. They got through it. Uh, it, it that's a great... It's always nice to have a payoff because stories well, yeah. this horrible have to have a payoff. Well, a here's way. the payoff. Uh, you know, I don't mind. This isn't a spoiler at all. No, no. Yeah, shortly, shortly after I wrote uh, the book, I got a phone call from the paper in, in the Bay Area, one of my old colleagues. Hey, Christy, um, Curtis Dean Anderson died in prison of natural causes. Can Good. we get a quote from you? It, he was 46, I think, and he died of natural causes in prison. Ooh. I'm not sure how natural. I'm not sure how natural it was, and I hope it wasn't very natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of uh, like well, but, you know, yeah. So that was there's a payoff. Christy, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jeffrey Epstein died of natural causes in prison mm-hmm. too. Uh, kind of same thing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of same thing. thing. Right. Uh, how do you crush your trachea by hanging yourself? That's almost impossible to do unless you hang your entire body weight. But he didn't. He hung himself from his bed, so he's pretty sure he was murdered. Yeah. Pretty sure he was. But, you know, don't worry about that. Pretty fishy. Pretty fishy. Christy, you're gonna have, so you live in St. Paul now? No, I'm, I'm still in Northeast. Oh, you're in Northeast, Northeast. Minneapolis? You're in Northeast yeah. Minneapolis? I love that area. I am in Northeast. I do, too. It is a I great spot. I my husband, this is the only place I'll live in Minnesota, because he's from here. And I said, that's the only place I want to live. Yeah, Northeast is wonderful. No, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, again, the book is called Letters, uh, Letters from a Serial Killer, the true story of a mother in a journalist's fight to save a little girl's life. Christy Bell Camino. All right, fireplace. Beautiful fireplace, Christy. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Our pleasure completely. We'll be back with the family.